Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. What's up, everybody? Thanks for joining us today. My name is Ken Swanson. This is the AP Laboratory. It's the game preview edition for Chiefs, Texans. Chiefs trying to get right after their first loss to a different AFC South opponent. Here to help me talk about this game, my dear pals. First, find him on Twitter, at Chief in Carolina. Matthew Lane, what is up, my friend? I'm doing pretty good, Kit. I've gotten over the uh, indie game pretty well so far. I have. Actually, I was over it before your Cameron Irving rant, but that just made me laugh. So I'm feeling pretty good. I do want to say this podcast is being recorded a day earlier than normal. So if some major news comes out before you hear this and we don't talk about it, just know this is recorded a little early. If something major happens before then, it is not our fault. We didn't ignore it. And uh, with that said, we are also joined by Craig Stout. He is our defensive guru, the guy pounding the table for the number four red zone defense in the NFL. Find him on Twitter, at BarleyHop. Craig, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. You also forgot the number 14 turnover defense (laughs) in the NFL. And number 14 in points per game. You guys... It's fixed. Everything's Everything. fixed. What, what's everybody freaking out you about? You heard it here first. The Renaissance man stamp of approval. The defense is hashtag good. I have a take. No. I have a take, fellas. What's your I take? I think after next week, the Chiefs will have the number five red zone defense. Speaking of five, if you would like to give us a five-star review, much appreciated. We will get back to answering our five-star review questions last week was a little bit different because we had to air some grievances. Okay. We are turning the page on, <laughs> on that five-star review. Uh, segue. Yes. Is that what we're turning the yes, page on? <laughs> yes. Also the game that will not be speaking of again, Cam Irving. Uh, let's talk about the offensive side of the ball. And I think we got to talk about him. Actually, uh, protecting Pat. I think that's the place we've got to start here. I fully believe that the Chiefs win that football game on Sunday night football. If Patrick Mahomes plays at a relatively healthy level, I don't think Patrick Mahomes was perfectly healthy healthy going into that game, but you saw the mobility and, and some of the normal stuff that Patrick Mahomes is able to do. He was not limited by any of that. So I I think it's really important that they keep Pat Mahomes upright. They keep that from happening again. That can't happen anymore. They need him for the remainder of this season to be the same Patrick Mahomes because a functional Patrick Mahomes can bail out bad protection when it happens. So that, that's that got to be priority number one. Maddie, what do you think that the Chiefs should do to try to help keep Pat upright? This is the conundrum that you face if you're the Chiefs right now. 
you can put extra players on the left side of the line to help Cameron Irving and now whoever is going to be playing left guard next to him. You can add extra bodies to help pick up not just blitzers, but to chip or to even just stay in and purely block. But then you're taking somebody out of the route concept. And what we've seen so far with the Chiefs is they need as many players out in a route concept as possible because they're struggling to get open against coverage with the injuries they've had at wide receiver. So you're either having to limit the amount of guys you have as a chance to win, or you're having to limit the amount of guys you keep in protection. So I think this is one's got to come down to game plan. You got to go back to second half Jacksonville. You got to get the ball out of Pat's hand quick. This can't be a 2.7 second time to throw kind of game, especially with some of the pass rushers the Texans have. You got to get the ball out a lot faster. You can still take your deep shots. You just got to do it in a timely manner. When you get good coverages, good down and distances for it, you cannot do that three plays in a row with the protection level we've seen from the Chiefs offensive line. JJ Watt is possibly the best rusher that the Chiefs have faced this year. I, I don't know Great. that that's even really going out on that that limb, that far of a limb. He can line up opposite Cameron Irving all game long if he wants to. And frankly, Romeo Cornell should absolutely do that. He probably will. He probably will. That should terrify literally every Chiefs fan. Patrick Mahomes has been playing or played the rest of the game after that ankle injury at about, what, 40 or 50%? Yeah. He looked mortal. Like, that. that's problematic. That can't happen. You have to figure out a way to protect him. You have to draw up quicker passing concepts so that a guy like J.J. Watt doesn't just wreck your entire game plan any more than he's going to anyway. And then you've got to do better chipping people forcing him to fight through two guys too often they just leave their left tackle on an island they gotta help him out we we talk all the time about frank clark getting chipped and doubled and all of this they have to put that sort of concerted effort into stopping jj watt this week they just can't allow patrick mahomes to get hit again yeah and i i think teams have the last couple teams have really shied away from trying to blitz mahomes you know, that I think it partially is just he's earned their respect a little mm-hmm. bit. And I think it's, you know, make make the receivers beat you with the with the man coverage. So, you know, I think it's it's gonna be a challenge across the board. They've gotta keep Mahomes clean. They've got to they gotta fix that. And also, I mean, I would if Tyreek Hill goes this week, he could really help them because he is a guy that can get uncovered. He's a guy that teams typically key on. He's a guy that's so versatile, and they can use him in a variety of different ways. He could go a long way in helping this this thing get fixed and help the protection and, and help everything in general. I really think that. So hopefully we get uh, Tyreek Hill this week. I think he helps. Uh, the run game is another way that you know maybe you can try to keep some – uh, some pressure off Mahomes, maybe keep him upright a little bit more. Maybe you lean on the run game a little bit more, but you become a little bit more, uh, little run, more run focused. Last week, they just they didn't at all, Craig. <laughs> not not in the least bit. Uh, and that that's a way that you can help protect Pat. That's a way that you can help you know force some of these uh, some of these pass rushers to have to stay in their lanes have gap discipline when you're throwing as often as you are if you completely abandon the run entirely the defensive line 
doesn't have to respect any gaps. They don't have to stay gap sound against a potential run or anything like that. In the second half there, basically, the Chiefs going completely away from it. The Colts got to tee off. The words pin your ears back, that's exactly what that is. You don't have to take into account any other thing other than getting after the quarterback on that play. They have to ratchet that up a little bit more. I'm not saying come out and run the ball 40 times. That's not at all what I want to do. Not at all. But you have to run it more than the Chiefs did. You have to make defenses have to respect their rush lanes, respect what they're doing out there, force that play action to be a little more effective. I know that uh, analytics say that you don't have to necessarily run for play action to really work, work its magic, but it certainly helps. They got to get the run game involved. They got to get LaShawn McCoy and Damian Williams more involved on the ground this week. That was one thing I was going to say is it might help to put your best runner back there when you're going to run the ball a little bit more often. <laughs> because I like Damian Williams. He's a good back. He's got a lot of explosive ability and he's fast in a straight line. He missed numerous holes that were available. He just doesn't have the lateral agility that someone like LaShawn McCoy has. And when you're going to run this kind of slower developing zone running offense that the Chiefs have with all the RPOs, you need that instant start stop and the lateral movement to be the most effective. So I think McCoy getting more carries helps. More than that, though, the Chiefs run blocking has been terrible this year especially since Cam Irving's come in. He's been a very poor run blocker. Andrew Wiley, who was a very good run blocker last year, has struggled this year. He seems to get a little too over his toes when he's run blocking and gets beat very often. Austin Ryder, same thing. He's not really a, he's not a guy that's going to move any bodies and he's not the most athletic to jump out and seal somebody that's far away from him. So they just haven't been a very good running team. So it's kind of hard to establish the run game or really get going with it. And then you add in the fact that the Chiefs run game is mostly tagged onto the end of a potential passing play. It's just something that I think is going to be hard to get going. I wouldn't mind seeing this week, though, them come out with a plan to actually have real run plays called. Like the design is to run the football. (laughs) That would be nice to see. You could probably catch the Texans off guard because I believe the Chiefs are by far the lowest amount of run play percentage in the first half of the NFL games by a wide margin. And there's been times when Mahomes has got obliterated on some of the run pass option stuff anyway. When he's trying to keep and there's a free rusher, he's not been able to consistently beat it to a point where he's not getting hit so that hurts too and you know i don't know from a i i I really like some of the analytics stuff talking about running the football i don't think it's always from an expected points added kind of you know angle that it is necessarily always the right thing to run the football i almost think you kind of hedge a little bit and maybe you lean on the run game a little bit more with some hope just hoping that you can have some success running the football because you need to try to, you know, keep Patrick Mahomes, you know, healthy for the majority of the season. And and I think that's one way you kind of you kind of got to hope and you got to be really intentional this week that you can get the run game going just a little bit. Uh players to watch. Craig, why don't you lead us off here? Well, I I think maybe we should we should talk about the question before this. Kentavious. Oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> Maybe we should. I'm our, I, our third. Our third thing. Yeah, there's there's a third thing, isn't there? Um. Oh, Maddie, you wanted to talk about this. Is this an Andy Reid special kind of game? Why don't you elaborate? 
I think this year, I, me personally, I have a hard time putting my finger on what has been Andy Reid's like key moment. Like, what has he done to really put his fingerprint on a game yet? We've seen different things throughout the years, from the shovel passes to these well-designed screens, end-around plays. You've seen different stuff through the years. This year, it's essentially been more of the same of last year, and he's pushing the ball vertically. He's getting a lot more four vertical kind of concepts. He's flooding deeper zones, which is something that the NFL hasn't seen as much until these last couple of years, especially with Pat Mahomes, Andy Reid, and the Chiefs. But what has he done new this year? Not much. What has he done these last two weeks? They've kind of been out coached in the fact that he hasn't really adapted to what the opposing defenses are doing to him. I would like to see him come out. I want to see him get back to what he had to do for Alex Smith. Get guys open for Patrick Mahomes. Get him easy throw so he doesn't have to hold the ball and try to take everything 10-plus yards downfield. More mesh concepts. Let's flood some shallow zones. They're going to play man-to-man coverage. Let's see a lot more slants if you could somehow find a way to occupy the linebackers with tight ends or running backs. You used to be so good at getting people open no matter what the coverage was. Yeah, a wide receiver still has to win, but you look at the routes the Chiefs receivers are running, very rarely are they running man-beating routes. They're just kind of letting Patrick Mahomes and these receivers go out and try to beat what's out there. I think Andy Reid's been a little sloppy with his details this year. He's gotten a little too... Love shock with having Patrick Mahomes wanting to get everything vertical downfield. Dial it back. Focus on the details that have made you one of the best, if not the best, offensive coach in the league. Yeah. Uh, you guys remember when uh, when Damian Williams was coming from an empty look and motioning across a formation with Vontez Burfick chasing him in that Oakland game? Yeah. And they were able to use Damian Williams' speed that's a quick pass. That's something getting him open. That's a man beater right there. We're not seeing enough of that. And I hope we get to continue to see more of that because right now there's just, it's not there. Those sorts of concepts, like Maddie said, are not there. And Andy Reid even said in his press conference this week that, well, guys have to get open. Guys have to beat a man. He also mentioned that the play calling has to be better, but he really kind of hammered home on the, you know, these guys have to beat a guy because it's one-on-one. It's man-on-man. These guys have to beat a guy. We know Demarcus Robinson isn't going to be able to beat a guy out there on his own. We know at McCall Hardman's stage in his development right now, he's not going to beat a man out there on his own. Byron Pringle's the only guy. Sammy Watkins can. Tyreek Hale can. But if you don't have an abundance of those guys, you have to dial up those plays. You have to be better. The more that comes out in some of the press conferences and whatnot this week, it sounds like Andy Reid kind of got caught with his pants down this mm-hmm. week uh, or last week. And maybe they didn't anticipate as many man beaters or as, as much man coverage. And, and maybe they didn't have a, a large swath of, of man beaters you know, that they were preparing to use. That can't happen. Uh, I think the Chiefs really need to start anticipating teams really breaking trends, breaking tendencies, and just going out and challenging this group and saying, beat us mano y mano. The quarterback can beat us. We don't think the, the, the weapons can beat us. And if that's the case, the, they need Tyreek Hill. <laughs> they really mm-hmm. need Tyreek Hill because this group mm-hmm. ain't it. This, it ain't it. It, it. This is not the group that's going to be able to do it. So you really do have to be intentional about manufacturing stuff 
and helping these guys get open because they aren't doing it right now. They just flat out aren't doing it. Well, speaking Sorry, of tendency I, beaters, oh, no, speaking of tendency beaters, the Chiefs have quite the tendency on offense right now. They run a lot of four vertical stuff. They run a lot of over or slice routes. So these really deep looping crossers or these like vertical routes from one side of the formation to like the opposing corner of the end zone. They do this all the time. Teams have picked up on it. I understand why the play is very good versus both zone and man coverage. But if a team knows you're going to run those things, they've been able to take it away these last two weeks. You got to start coming up with something else. Maybe get more deep outs. Maybe a few more corner routes from guys that aren't necessarily Travis Kelsey. Just it needs to be mixed up. There needs to be a little bit more innovation, a little bit more Andy Reid, the way these receivers are playing right now until you get Tyree Kill, until you get Sammy Watkins. I know in the ideal world, this stuff's going to work. It is. We've seen it work already this year. You've seen it work with those guys. But until they're back, you got to help these guys get open. You get like you had to help Donnie Avery get open. Like you've had to help the ghost of Dwayne Bow and Jeremy Macklin playing on one leg. You have to help these guys a little bit more than what they've been getting so far. Okay, I jumped the gun earlier. Players to watch. Craig, we normally write all these down. You have a surprise player for us. My player to watch this week, Martinez Rankin, baby. The new starting left tackle, Cam Irving, gets benched. Let's go, Martinez Rankin. He's familiar with J.J. Watt. He had to practice against him a ton over the past year. He knows J.J. Watt. I think this is the time to get him out there because we know Cam Irving ain't it. And if you're already offering help out there, why not get Martinez Rankin some reps, get him out there, and that's fine. If you want to move Cam Irving to left guard because they don't have a guy right now, Steven Wisniewski isn't ready, move Cam Irving inside. Start ranking on the outside. I think that's your best five right now until Wisniewski can get up to speed. So I am going with Rankin. I just... All I could think about is Bill O'Brien saw more Martinez Rankin than the Chiefs have, and if he went up against he went up against J.J. Watt and saw he wasn't it, I guess. We'll see. No, I don't know. I think Bill O'Brien's just flying by the seat of his pants anyway. I've seen I really Cam Irving go up against Kamoko Ture and can tell you he's not it. So if my option yeah, is a guy beaten to a pulp by J.J. Watt or a guy beaten to a pulp by Kamoko Ture, I know which one. <laughs> or a different guy beaten into a pulp by, by J.J. Watt. Like, yeah. Yeah. whoever out there is going to get obliterated. Okay, Maddie, who's your guy? My guy, we've talked about him a little bit. It's going to be Byron Pringle. I think we've seen so far this year that any Chiefs wide receiver can have a big game any given week. The difficult part has been finding consistency from week to week. It's kind of been a guy here, a guy there, and then somebody else's turn. And then somebody else's turn. Can Byron Pringle, not only is he going to be able to see the field, are Sammy Watkins, is Tyree Kill going to come back, and that will that limit his reps? But when he does see the field, as he proved he should, is he still going to be the only guy that can beat man coverage? Because if he is, I am assuming the Texans are going to play plenty of it based on what we've seen. He's a guy that should be looked at. He's... He's amazing as a route runner. He beats press coverage extremely well. Off the line of scrimmage, he's probably the third best wide receiver on the team. I think it's not even particularly close. And if you get the ball in his hands in the open field, he makes plays happen. He's a pretty complete wide receiver when you're looking at a guy that's listed as your fifth wide receiver on the depth chart. Get him more reps. Let him continue to shine because if there was one person that kept this Chiefs offense alive that wasn't named Patrick Mahomes against the Colts, it was 100% Byron Pringle. The Chiefs once cut Byron Pringle this year, and that just looks worse and worse and worse. It really does. 
it 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 ugh. okay my guys my guys was sean mccoy uh because i think they need to get him back into the mix a little bit maybe catch him up on protections if that was why uh he he missed some time he's been their best runner to this point and if they're gonna need to run the football a little bit more maybe put your best runner on the field i don't know we'll be back to talk with about the defense right after this Okay, moving on to the defensive side of the football. We've got three storylines on defense. We'll start with this one. The Chiefs are very hobbled right now along the interior defensive line. Chris Jones is out. Xavier Williams has been placed on IR. The Chiefs went out and uh, signed a uh, veteran uh, to play along the interior of the defensive line. They are very thin. They're not very talented at this point. Craig, how are they going to survive inside? Well, frankly, they're they're not. They're they're really going to struggle here. Listen, Derek Nottie's been poor. We've talked about that a lot lately. He's getting moved off of his spot, and it's not just Quentin Nelson. I know that's kind of the the plays that everybody's talking about a little bit this week is Nelson getting the better of him. He was getting the, he other players have been getting the better of him as well. It wasn't just Nelson. Colin Saunders doesn't quite look ready for prime time yet. The, these reps are going to help. I don't think that he's going to get better in the film room. I think that he's got to get out there. He's got to learn the speed of the game and the strength of the game. I think this will help him in the long run, but he's not quite ready to shoulder the load. McLean is fine. He's a veteran dude that is just fine. So on the interior there, I think you're going to see a lot more Tano passing. No, you're going to see a lot more Emmanuel Ogba, not just in passing downs. They're going to be light in the middle, significantly lighter than Steve Spagnuolo likes to go with his interior defensive linemen. I hope this week that they dial up something a little bit on the interior to try and protect some of those guys because you know, if Emmanuel Ogba and Tano Passigno have to play three-tech all game long, that's going to get a little problematic in a hurry. Especially considering, and I'm sure Alex Okafor is on track to play in this next game, but even if he's limited in terms of his total number of snaps, then you're putting your other guys that are going to be giving Frank Clark a break and having to spell Alex Okafor, you're making them also play on the inside where they're going to be getting beat up by even more guys. So, I, I don't know what the Chiefs are doing at defensive line yet. I think they have to bring up somebody else. I'm not sure why Joey Ivey has not been called up yet. They have zero explosion outside of Colin Saunders, who, like with Craig said, doesn't look ready to play on the inside of that defensive line. I'm not sure what the plan is. It doesn't look like they're aiming to get any pass rush unless it's coming from one of these defensive ends playing on the inside. And then beyond that, it's not like the linebackers behind this group is ready to step up and, you know, take over for them. They're not able to carry. They can't even hold their own weight, let alone carry defensive line that is now missing two of their three highest repped guys. So this is a this is going to be a rough game on the interior. I wouldn't be surprised to see Ivy called up if they're still allowed to for this week. If they're not going to, I'm very interested to see the rotation because they just don't have the bodies or the weight to stop the run, and they already I mean, struggled with that. Bringing up Joey Ivy might require cutting, I don't know, DeAnthony Thomas. Mm, can't do we, that. We know that ain't happening. Can't do that. I mean, let's just be honest. Yeah. Yeah, I. it's going to be a it's gonna be a battle, and they're going to just have to piece things together along the entire front because you're right. Some of the guys that have been getting reps at end might have to kick inside and play three-tech. 
So, and I think we saw that even a little bit later in the game, didn't we? Where Agbu yes. was playing inside, playing at three tech a little bit more than you. Reggie Raglan was blitzing in the A gap <laughs> for a fair amount of the fourth quarter there as a rotational guy because they couldn't uh, the defensive tackles Derek Nani and Colin Saunders just aren't ready to play 70% of the snaps no no not at all not remotely this is fine things are fine guys guys I'm gonna say it for the second time on this podcast ever boy I really wish we had Breland Speaks right now what yeah he he but he he solves a lot of the issues that we're talking about though. Uh-huh. It's not only is it another body, it's another guy that has the uh-huh. size to hold up inside. And like I said, you right now we're talking about either calling up a practice squad player who albeit looked good in the preseason, had initially made the team before they decided to move him back down, and we're using defensive ends. Like that is your defensive tackle rotation. They need somebody that has the size and the ability to play on the inside. They they have two guys that have been on this team that are there. They have two guys that are ready for the NFL right now. Like that's yeah, it. That's wrong. all they have. Uh, I think the people that are probably the happiest for the success, uh, or for the failure, I'm sorry, of the run defense in the front and all the injuries and all that stuff. I think it's the the secondary, specifically the cornerback group, <laughs> because everyone laid off them for a week. Mm-hmm. And that might be short-lived. <laughs> the Chiefs go up against the two best receiving uh, receivers that they have to this point. This is the best group that they've faced. DeAndre Hopkins, Will Fuller. Will Fuller coming off a bonkers game. Just absurd. Uh, it's, like, it's like Chris Conley's entire season good last week. Uh, 2018 season, sorry. I didn't want to throw any shade. I don't know why I just threw shade at Chris Conley. I don't know. But the two receivers that they're facing this week are exceptional. And they both present different challenges that could really, really expose this cornerback group. Will Fuller, vertical threat, really good down the field. Nuke Hopkins, tough physical. Everything threat. Everything threat. threat. Exceptional at the catch point. Uh, If your secondary has negative ball skills, this is not the time uh, that or this is not the group you want to see, Maddie. No, it's really not. I the one thing I can hope for right now is that since Will Fuller is not the number one wide receiver, the Chiefs will not put Rashad Breeden on yet another speedster and have him follow him. Let me have him, coach. So, I mean, I New Hopkins will absolutely win plenty of plays over Rashad Breeland. He will he will post him up at the catch point. He'll separate from him. He will do all of the above. I think Bashad Breeland will fare better if you want to isolate him one-on-one with Hopkins than he would against Will Fuller. I think you would see a lot more penalties like you did last week if you were to put him on Fuller. I would even consider shading extra help over Will Fuller and just living with whatever Nuke Hopkins does against you just because I think you have a better chance to slow him down the way this Chiefs defense has played so far. But... Either way, these guys are going to combine for 250 yards, three touchdowns, and we will then return to the fact that the Chiefs' cornerbacks are the issue, not the linebackers. Yeah, this is going to be bad, guys. It's just, (laughs) it's literally going to be bad. Um, Deshaun Watkins is not afraid to thrown to a covered guy. Deshaun Deshaun Watson is not (laughs) afraid to throw. I got Sammy Watkins on the brain, guys. Sorry. Uh, not afraid to throw to a covered receiver. YOLO balls. He's just going to throw it up 
and those guys are going to go get it. I think he prefers it. He prefers it, yeah. Negative ball skills. These guys don't locate the ball in flight. They can't go up and get it at the catch point. That's just bad news. We're going to see a week where these guys are going to get tested a lot. Even if Houston can run the ball successfully, they're still going to throw down the field plenty. I am very, very, very worried about the Chiefs cornerbacks in this matchup. I think that I think that they played just about as well as they did against Detroit, honestly, is just Jacoby Brissett isn't the quarterback of Matt Stafford. Now you've got a quarterback that's just going to throw it up anyway. It's worrisome. It's very worrisome. I think they're going to get theirs. Yeah, this is one of those weeks where taking chances and, and throwing YOLO balls is going to pay off. <laughs> We've seen it. We saw it in Deshaun's first year. Throwing up passes, throwing up prayers at the end of the game when the Chiefs were up huge. Got the Texans back in the game a little bit. Those corners might have had better ball skills than than these corners do. Yeah. It's yeah. uh it's not good. It's not looking good. Okay. This this could be a fun one here. The the third storyline. Maddie, is this gonna be the Carlos Hyde revenge game? I mean, yes. It is 100% Carlos Hyde or any other guy running the football is going to have a lot of success against the Chiefs. I just think at this point in time, the Chiefs' run defense doesn't even like register as like a thing. It's not an entity. It just doesn't exist. So can you really have revenge against something that isn't there? <laughs> I don't know. I mean... If a tree falls in the middle of a forest and no one's there to hear it, did, you know. Yeah, actually, that, that's proven by science. But that doesn't answer the question, can you have a revenge against something that doesn't exist? Uh, probably not, but I'm sure Carlos Hyde will use it as a, an opportunity to get some revenge. And Bill, Bill O'Brien's going to feel feel like a genius with Martinez Rankin out there. <laughs> this guy ain't it. And look, I just got 178 yards out of this deal. So... So here's something that I'm going to throw out there. Here's the scenario for Chiefs fans. The Chiefs defensive line is very depleted. We know this. We talked about it. So you've got a light three-tech inside and a one-tech that maybe isn't great. You've got slow linebackers. Maybe Anthony Hitchens goes. Maybe he doesn't. They're still slow. They're still poor. They're, They're not going to really be able to help there. The only way that the Chiefs have really done well against the run is involving their safeties, and that happens in the red zone. Guys, they can't they can't involve their safeties. They have to keep Not at all. They have to keep safeties over Will Fuller. They have to keep them over DeAndre Hopkins. They've got to keep a guy on my guy, Jordan Akins, that Kent hates because he's quote unquote an old, but he he's dynamic. Old. He can catch the ball. He can get into the he end can play zone. Baseball. He can play baseball. He it, it's going he went to, to high be, school with Craig because he's he old. To, <laughs> they're not going to be able to stack the box. They just aren't, and they're going to be light on the defensive front, guys. It doesn't matter necessarily that Houston's offensive line isn't great. They're going up against not great, and the Chiefs are going to be in a nickel package that's going to be fairly spread out and unable to really help and run fits. This is a nightmare scenario for the Chiefs' run defense, especially if Carlos Hyde is at all motivated to try and rack up yardage against this this defense. It's, 
not like Carlos Hyde is a guy that's going to try to win the edge against no. the defensive ends who have actually no. been somewhat decent against the run. He is going to happily take his chance between the tackles. So, so much hope. There's just so much hope on this podcast this week. All right. It's just really just going to come down to a lot of guys just being challenged to, to take a step. Sure. I mean, that's really what it is. It is. Across the board. I mean, both sides of the football. Like it's, and I think honestly, well, let's let's wait for the predictions. Uh, let's talk about players to watch. Craig, why don't you kick us off? I'm going with Mo Claiborne. Mo Claiborne got 24 snaps last week. I think he's going to get about double that this week. I think they're going to continue to roll him in. He was a little bit off page with some of the rest of the guys, you know, in the front, which is to be expected. He hasn't been able to really practice with these guys. He hasn't really been able to do a lot of the on-field communication with Tyron Matthew. Figure some of this stuff out. He needs to be there. He has ball skills, guys. And honestly, he he looked okay. He looked like he had some acceleration, some burst, some speed in the snaps that he was out there. He was aggressive in the way that he played. I liked what I saw from Mo Claiborne outside of, you know, maybe the communication issues. If you're just going to line him up and say, hey, you're up against Will Fuller, Let's go with safety help. Your your job is to shut down everything underneath, and we're going to make sure that you know Tyron Matthew or Juan Thornhill stays over the top of every route. I'm fine with that. I I can I can deal with that. I'm fine with Mo Claiborne doing that because you're going to put a guy on the field that can maybe maybe go up and get a ball at the catch point against Deshaun Watson throwing into a double coverage situation. My guy to watch. We've talked a lot about the Carlos Hyde revenge game now, and I think I've seen it all over Twitter. What about the Tyron Matthew revenge game? I don't think that Carlos Hyde holds that much resentment towards the Chiefs. Like, at least it hasn't been public yet. Tyron Matthew has come out. He, I mean, he is a guy that's very active on Twitter, but he has come out and he has made it known that he did not feel extremely welcomed or appreciated by some of Houston Texans media. He has said that he is a guy that wears his emotions on his sleeves publicly, but I think it's pretty easy to say that he didn't always have the greatest time in Texans with the way he was treated by some media members or maybe some other stuff like that around there. So if there's a guy that's going to be motivated for this game, it's going to be Tyron Matthew. He's coming off his best game as the chief with the chiefs where he essentially almost kept them in the game with two huge, you know, deep in their own territory plays If the Chiefs are going to win, they're going to need some more big plays like that. They're going to need some negative plays against the run. They're going to need some turnovers. Tyron Matthew, Deshaun Watts is going to give him a chance to make plays. There will be plays out there for him to make. If he makes a couple of them, that could really turn this game and give the Chiefs' defense a chance to almost hold their own against the Texans. Boost that turnover percentage. Boost that turnover percentage. Let's get that thing well into the top ten. They Renaissance need man approval. They need Hashtag good defense. <laughs> they need all the turnovers this week. Uh, all right, predictions. Oh, wait, no, I got to go. Sorry, I'm just really bad at my job tonight. Uh, my player to watch this week, Colin Saunders. He is getting he's, – he's, he's needed now. It's not like as simple as, you know, it would be nice to have you, Colin. They need him. They need this guy to step up. He's got to. He's got to get caught up to speed. He's got to. You know. I think the 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 experience last week is certainly going to help him. Uh, he kind of said, you know, it was good for him to see how some of these guys are going to block him and, and that kind of stuff this week. That's that's what he kind of said when he talked to Pete 
uh, in the locker room, I believe, on Wednesday. So, uh, you know, I, I think Collins a guy that they're going to need to step up this week. They need to to find some some someone to step up and play along the interior of the defensive line. It might as well just be the third round pick uh, from this year's draft. Okay, now it's time for predictions, Greg. Uh, uh, b- before we get started on this, Colin Saunders was active for the first time this past week, correct? Yeah. How lucky was that? Yeah. My goodness. Can you imagine with the injuries that would have happened there? Reggie would have been putting his hand in the three dirt. Tech. Yeah, I was, I, was, I was about to say, <laughs> Reggie might have been the three-tech oh, oh. if that had happened. Yikes, Maybe man. we could have found a use for Ryan Hunter, Cameron Irving then. Oh, I would, let's see what, let's see what Ryan Hunter can do. Let's on, play it both ways. I'm fine yeah. with it. Ryan, yeah. just just push, just push, just <laughs> get in there and just push, just see what happens. <laughs> All right, predictions. My prediction this week, I think it's going to be a shootout. I do think that Patrick Mahomes in the offense can move the ball. I think that we are going to get a good Andy Reid game. It, it kind of bit him in the ass this week against the Colts. So I think we're going to see him get out some more plays, try and protect Mahomes a little bit more. And I think we might see Tyreek Hill, at least in a limited capacity. I think that can turn the tide. The defense, I know we talked about them. They're going to give up a lot, but I do think they get some timely turnovers, give up a lot of yardage, give up a lot of points, but crucial, crucial turnovers against Deshaun Watson. I got 41-35 Chiefs. Right now, the Chiefs' offense has moved the ball pretty well most weeks, last week being the exception. They even started the game moving the ball well. What is killing the Chiefs right now? Fumbles, number one. Actually, it's probably number two. The biggest thing hurting the Chiefs' scoring output, red zone offense has been abysmal for this team. It is absolutely atrocious. As Part of that is not having Tyreek Hill. Part of that, I think, has been teams forced to go more man coverage. The field's getting a little bit smaller. You're relying on your receiving weapons that you have to win in smaller spaces, which we've already established isn't something that you kind of expect these Chiefs receivers to do. This is going to be a good Andy Reid game. Andy Reid is going to pull out every trick he can possibly think of. I bet he has slept less than three hours since that Colts game, just designing a game plan. I think we're going to get some free touchdowns if they get down into the red zone. He will design some plays that are going to get guys open. You still have Travis Kelsey. You still have Patrick Mahomes. I think Byron Pringle is going to play a big role. And I'm with Craig. I think Tyree Kill does see the field. I think the loss last week kind of forces them into trying to play him this week. It's going to be hard to drop back-to-back games going into this stretch. I got the Chiefs winning this one 38 to 36 in a relatively good shootout, and hopefully the Chiefs start to fix some of these red zone issues. I uh, I think the entire building has been challenged, both sides of the football. There's no way that anyone can feel good about their performance last week, and that just start that's just across the board. They probably were feeling themselves a little bit too much. Hmm. I think this is a week where everybody sits down, they have some honest conversations. I think that they have some honest conversations about what they need to do to protect Pat maybe a little bit more man conscious than they've been potentially. Uh, I think, I think these are all kinds of things. And yeah, maybe, maybe Andy Reid shows a little more skin this week. I know that's something that, you know, he, he tries to hold some things back and pace it, but maybe he, he digs down a little bit deeper in the playbook than he was planning on to this point, even though it's, you know, only week six, it's a pretty important game. I have the chiefs winning 34, 31, 
you could put a four in the front of those numbers or even a five potentially because I do think this is going to be a shootout. Uh, Vegas has it at like 57 points on the over-under, so I'm going relatively close to that. 34-31, Kansas City Chiefs win and then try to get right and get ready for a road divisional game four days later. Mm. Thursday night football is the worst. Mm. I hate it. I hate it. Yeah, it's, it's so dumb. All right, that's going to do it for the game preview edition this week. We will be back to discuss what happened. Chiefs, Texans, we'll catch you later. Peace.